At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in the final hour of the program, the Pro Football Blitz, right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, and they are at the half at Allegiant Stadium down the street here between the Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Raiders getting a late touchdown there off of a pass interference penalty committed by the Chargers, and they take the lead into the locker room 17-14. to 14. Your first half goes well over the total. Uh, the live line here in-game is the Raiders minus one and a half, and that's for the entire game. Interesting to note, uh, the halftime line, James, that I have seen is the Chargers minus four. So if you extrapolate that over the course of this game here, that is saying the Chargers will win this game by one point as they currently trail by three. Chargers minus four for the second half with a total of 26 and a half. And that's exactly where the live total is for the entire game as well. 57 and a half, 31 points so far scored in the first half. If I had to do anything here, James, and I'm not going to, but uh, I would just kind of play the rule of thumb here. The game closed with a total of 49 and a half. So if the second half is going to go over the total, you're going to have a, a big margin there off of what the original line was, you know, eight, nine, 10 points of what the original total was prior to kickoff. So I would probably tend to go under in the second half for the total. Well, especially it's a tight game. It's a three-point game and so much on the line. We're going to find out. We're going to find out because this is, in a sense, a playoff game. And we were talking about this to open the program, Brady, was these coaches for, for both sides. We haven't seen them as a head coach in these situations. Now what happens in this second half when it comes down to are you going for certain plays on fourth down? Are you kicking the field goals? What are you going to do? That remains to be seen. I think that's where um, – these these coaches here now that they have to factor into this handicap and we just don't have anything to go off of when it comes to outside of regular season but in my mind this is a playoff game we don't have any playoff we we don't have a book on what they've done in the playoff in certain situations and i think for me 
I, I'm not going to play anything either here. Just thinking about where the Raiders, I think the Raiders are kind of fortunate to have the lead at this point. That was really fortunate to have that to have that pass interference call down there in the end zone, setting up the, the Josh Jacobs touchdown late in the second half to be able to take this lead. Not only with that, they, were, they had the fumbled punt that they were able to take advantage of, so a short field there from just outside the 20 that they turned into points. I think the char- the Raiders have been kind of fortunate to sit here where they're at. And now for the Chargers on this other side, they've found themselves offensively. That's been it with Eckler really getting the game, getting the ground game going, being involved in the passing game as well. But now do the Chargers start to try to open up this game and find some bigger plays down the field? You know they got some bigs at the wide receiver position with Williams and Keenan Allen to take advantage of that Raiders secondary. I suspect we might see a more aggressive passing attack out of the Chargers in the second half. And to that point, we'll find out right away because they get the ball to open the second half. Yes, they do. And I think if they play a clean second half, they should win this ball game. Like you say, it's a muffed punt and a pass interference penalty that uh, is the reason that uh, the Raiders have two of their touchdowns. Uh, they've got 17 points. They're both of their touchdowns coming off of Charger miscues. Uh, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, another AFC North battle Going on today, the Battle of Ohio with the Cleveland Browns hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. No Baker Mayfield, no Joe Burrow. It was Case Keenum versus Brandon Allen, and the Browns closed as six-and-a-half-point favorites. 38 was your total, and you and I were talking about this game on the preview show, James, and you and I both felt that Cleveland had probably really checked out of the season, but they kind of showed up today, and and I think Case Keenum really had this team kind of rallied together a lot better than Baker Mayfield has been doing as of late, and uh, they were up at the half, 14-7. to They were really in control of this game most of the time. Dearness Johnson, Nick Chubb, they combined for 181 yards rushing. Case Keenum, nice game, 17-24 with two touchdown passes. The Cleveland Browns get the victory in the end, but as we mentioned, one of your best bets, the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> sneak in through the back door, 21-16 to the final, and the game just sneaks under the total as well. Oh, Brady, why did I subject myself? And yeah, anytime you win, you're not going to... You'll be fine and happy and move on with, with adding that into your account, but Man, I subjected myself to have to watch an awful game. And I, yeah. as, a, as the game was going, I'm wondering, why the hell did I bet this game? <laughs> and, I, I, and I bet the number. I bet the number with the Bengals at six. I just didn't – I couldn't get there with Cleveland being a, that large of a favorite over anybody, let alone a divisional team, uh, you know, a division rival in a sense, even though the Bengals, we knew a majority of their players were not going to play in this contest. But I like the Bengals from the standpoint that they were going to have momentum rolling into the playoffs and that this team has had a lot of confidence recently because of – some of the way that the teams that they've beaten and the way that they've won, especially last week coming back in that second half to beat Kansas City. Uh, but, man, did I subject myself to an ugly football game. And Case Keenum had a, had a pretty good game throwing the football. He did have a couple turnovers. I think he fumbled the ball, too. That resulted in a, a scoop and score for the, for the Cleveland Brown or for the Cincinnati Bengals that helped them. But ultimately, it was a late drive because they were down. I didn't know if they was going to happen to make this cover when they were down 11. But that last drive, pretty competitive drive for the Bengals to get down there, a 13-play, 75-yard drive. Play four five minute drive seventy five yards to close pretty much close out that fourth quarter to sneak into that cover they did go for two didn't get it that's why the score was twenty sitting at five point spread at twenty one to sixteen but 
Yeah, maybe that'll be. I'm glad. I'm glad we've gotten all these bad teams and bad games out of the way, Brady. Now we get to move on to next week when we have playoff teams. We're going to have better matchups, better teams, and we're not going to have to deal with incentive and who's going to show up to play, who's going to be available on the field. We know these teams are going to get after it come playoff time. Yeah, I, I love the uh, wild card in the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, and I, I love the championship week as well when you get the two championship games, the conference championship games. And we've all got that coming our way here pretty quick. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, your backdoor cover there by Cincinnati, that really could have stung me. I I don't know. We'll see what the final results are here. Our Sansu C team in the Westgate Super Contest, we were in the running for the last little three-week mini contest. Really needed a 5-0 this week. Uh, to get there, we've got the Raiders pending, uh, but we also had the Browns. So we're proud, you know, right now it looks like we've got a good shot to go four and one. I don't know if that will be enough. So uh, I'm going to remember that, Mr. Salinas, you back in the uh, Cincinnati Bengals there. Um, the Patriots, their their kryptonite is, is the Miami Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, isn't it? Uh, they travel down to the Miami Dolphins, and it just uh, has been a house of horrors for this club. Uh, the Patriots closed as six-point road favorites. I I thought that line was kind of odd all week long. Maybe it was just off of what they did to Jacksonville last week and and what Miami did, what we saw out of them getting trounced by the Tennessee Titans. But uh, Patriots, again, closed as six-point favorites. Miami did see a little money for a minute where they got down to five-and-a-half-point dogs. 41 was your closing total. And Jalen Waddell got in the end zone and got things started for the Denver, or excuse me, for the Miami Dolphins. And then Xavier Howard, he forced a pick six out of Mac Jones. And with 11 minutes still left in the second, quarter this was already 17 to nothing in favor of Miami now the Patriots cut it to 17 to 10 halfway through the third quarter and then Miami added another touchdown and they went into the fourth quarter with a 14 point cushion once again the Dolphins really controlled this game from start to finish 33 to 24 your final Dolphins win outright as six-point underdogs, and the game goes over the total. The New England Patriots will be moving on. They are in the postseason. The Dolphins were eliminated, but they finished their season. Brian Flores with another winning campaign. You know, Brady, when we were talking about this on last night's show, breaking down this contest, this ended up being my biggest play of the day today with the Miami Dolphins. I know we didn't do it best bets or anything, but as we talked about it, I was really, we were talking, I was talking myself into this, just feeling like, all right, with the Dolphins, kind of one of those spots where they got humbled last week after winning seven straight. They went into Tennessee, lost by 31 points, and yeah, they they weren't as good as that seven-game winning streak, but they also weren't as bad as that seven-game losing streak that they had, and we know Brian Flores is building culture there. He is coming back. There's no question about where they stand as a a franchise with the coaching staff, so I think here we were going to see a competitive pride game show up for the Miami Dolphins, not only because of how they got handled last week in Tennessee, but also you want to close out your season going forward with some momentum, things to build on for next year, and was going to see a really good effort out of the Dolphins, and in my mind, for the Patriots, how much effort and energy was really going to be put forth down there in Miami? We've already talked. We talked about how poorly they've played, especially late in the season, December and January games under Bill Belichick. The Patriots were two and seven 
outright. Now they're two and eight, losing this game as six point favorites. Just didn't see that same focus from the Patriots. Definitely clearly looking ahead to the playoffs next week because they had already solidified themselves in a playoff spot. And it was going to be a long shot for them to win the AFC East division because of the Buffalo Bills and playing the New York Jets. Was there going to be some scoreboard watching? I don't know if that happened with the Patriots today, but not the same competitive effort that we're used to seeing out of Bill Belichick's team, but the same type of result for the Patriots going down to Miami. Yeah, I thought this one set up pretty nicely. I I think I made the number three in favor of the Patriots, uh, my initial look. And then you talk about the situation for New England. They come off of that huge win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, so maybe their stock is inflated a little bit and vice versa with the Miami Dolphins. Their stock is probably a little bit down after getting run out of Nashville by the Titans. And so I thought that set up well. And then you also have the fact that the Patriots, like you talk about, was scoreboard watching they probably had a little bit of an eye on that scoreboard between the Jets and the Buffalo Bills and it never really got out of hand until late so there wasn't necessarily an opportunity for Belichick to take his foot off the gas uh, until very late in the game but maybe with that just in mind uh, it, you know it, it didn't it never looked like the Patriots they certainly didn't look like last week this week did they no, they didn't, and most concerning was that run defense. They gave up 195 yards rushing to Miami. That was one of the worst rushing teams all season long. All right, when we come back, we'll update Sunday night football. The Chargers back on offense. They get the ball first in the second half, trailing the Las Vegas Raiders 17-14, to and they are already into Raider territory, trying to get the lead back in Sunday night football. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Taking a look at Sunday Night Football here. The Los Angeles Chargers miss a 51-yard field goal, and the Raiders maintain a three-point advantage there, 17-14. to In the live market, the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and they will start with good field position on about their own 40-yard line. And, uh, James, if these teams were going to uh, kind of collude here and try and tie this ball game <laughs> and both make the playoffs, they should have made that field goal and tied at 17 apiece. 
Yeah, not with Duskin Hopkins. Now he's two of five this year from beyond 50 yards kicking field goals. And, yeah, missed that one pretty significantly wide left. But, yeah, I mean, they're, these teams are playing to win. We know that. And they're division teams. These teams don't like each other. The last thing you want to do is is if you got a chance to get rid of one of your division rivals and play spoiler, in a sense, not only vault yourself into the playoffs, but then spoil their season as well. Yeah, I think now we'll see how it obviously plays out. we got a long way to go in this matchup, but – I think again, where do we start to do we start to see things dialed back somewhat offensively? I mean, we saw the Chargers; they were able to move the football down the field. A big sack from the Raiders on uh, on that drive of Justin Herbert, and and so some adjustments potentially made from both these defenses. I don't know. I'm not going to get involved with this game either, Brady. I love football, and from this point on, I'm just going to be a spectator and a fan of football for this game. Well, if you did bet the uh, second half under the total, like we were talking about, that missed field goal will help you. And uh, the Raiders also this drive stalling a little bit as they are facing third and eight, and Carr will miss on that pass. So they will punt. So, again, if you bet the second half under, under 26 and a half, uh, off to a good start there. Uh, the New York Jets were in Buffalo to face the Bills. The Jets 0-6 straight up in division games in 2020 and they were 0 and 5 straight up this season coming into this game and just 1 and 4 against the spread in division games now the bills were needing a win to clinch the AFC East crown and they closed as 15 and a half point favorites with a total of 42 and a half they got a touchdown and a blocked punt early and they were out to a 10 nothing lead and then this game just came to a grinding halt James we talked about this game in our preview show we knew the weather was going to be crazy up there and we thought that gave the uh, New York Jets a good chance to keep this game close because points were going to be at a premium and it looked like you were going to cash your ticket there for a long time but the fourth quarter happened and the Bills broke away from the Jets finally 14 to nothing they outscored them in the fourth quarter and 27-10 your final they win by 17 it falls right on the opening number Bills uh, cover the uh, late number, the closing number, and the game stays under the total. That was kind of a tough one to swallow for you, I imagine. So you have those like Cincinnati that yeah. you get the the late cover, and then you have a team like the Jets getting 16-and-a-half, lose by 17. And it was a three-point game going into the fourth quarter. Right. No offense from the Jets whatsoever, and we kind of expected that it was going to be. I was hoping, could we, I, we had talked about that yesterday, breaking this game down. If I could get 13 points from the Jets, I think that's probably going to set me up pretty good to cover. Well, that's where we fell short by that extra one one more field goal. I mean, the Jets offensively, it was a complete wreck. Zach Wilson was under pressure all day. He got sacked eight times and just never got in any kind of rhythm throwing the football, but neither did Josh Allen. There was a lot of time, a lot of miscommunication going on with his receivers today. Receivers go, you know, one one dog goes this way, the other dog goes this way, and they're looking at each other like, what do you want from me? I'm trying to find the pass, and they're throwing it all over the place. He did not pass the ball very well today at all. It's 24 out of 45 in that contest. And, yeah, they were able to get a couple late drives to seal that win and get that cover, but not a great offensive performance by any means from the Buffalo Bills in the passing game. They really struggled to get on the same page, and I think – 
weather again. We talked about this, how it, it didn't snow. I don't know where all this forecast was. You know, we, we, we prognosticate these games, Brady, and try to figure out who's going to win, what these matchups are going to look like, who's going to cover all these types of things. And we have the weather. We have the, the meteorologist, too. They're, in a sense, gambling because it was supposed to be a lot of snow on the ground. I was banking on that these players were going to be on ice skates out there because of the snow looking like what it did last week against Atlanta and really slowed down the Buffalo Bills offense. Well, there was no snow to be had. It was definitely windy in that game, but no snow on the field. But ultimately, it, it, it was not a good offensive performance from the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they're going to be very, very pleased with the lack of continuity on that offensive side against this Jets game. Not much to carry over from la- from this week in this game to carry over into the playoffs next week for the Bills. You know, very interesting. Uh, if the Chargers win this game here, they will play the Bills in the playoffs. If the Raiders win this game, the New England Patriots will face the Bills for a third time. So a couple of interesting matchups right there for you. I want to see that one again, the latter right there with the, the Patriots. Let's get round three. Patriots, Bill Belichick against against this Bills, especially against this Bills offense. I think that's really where the matchup is. And we saw that, that two different game plans, part of it based on the weather and the two matchups this season against the Bills, that first matchup, no passing game whatsoever for, for the Patriots. They were going to run the football, 30-plus mile-an-hour wins, just a crazy windstorm in that game. But then in the second game in New England with an opportunity for the Patriots to basically clinch that division, very conservative defensive approach, a lot of coverage in that game that that Josh Allen was really able to take advantage of and and re- didn't have any pressure put on him, had a clean pocket all day. If that matchup plays out for round three, Brady, I suspect we'll see a completely different game plan defensively from Belichick because what they did in that second matchup was completely exploited by Josh Allen in the passing game. I tell you, betters must have gotten the word that Tom Brady was going to play the entire game because uh, this line really ticked up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it just kept creeping up. Tampa Bay was an eight-point favorite at home over the Carolina Panthers basically all week long, and this thing ended up closing at 11 in favor of Tampa Bay, total of 42 and a half. And it was the Panthers who struck first, Sam Darnold, the Chuba Hubbard, and they were out in front seven to nothing. The Buccaneers, James, they looked really shaky early on in this game. Uh, but then in the fourth quarter, they were hanging on to a 17 to nothing lead and then ended up outscoring the Panthers 24 to seven in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, you know, got their act together late in the game. 41 to 17 your final but there was a long time there that this team looked like they were stuck in second gear yeah well and and there's a lot of injuries on both sides of the football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm sorry, Brady, we talked about what are these coaches going to do in big situations? Were they going to take a gamble or not? We have the Chargers on fourth and short inside their own 20. Go for it. And the Raiders stuff them. Raiders take over on downs inside the red zone with an opportunity to extend their lead. Huge play, and they adjust to three-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market, and your total skips back up to 55-and-a-half. It had had crashed to 52-and-a-half. Again, we started the second half with the live total at 57-and-a-half, so just a little lower than that currently at 55-and-a-half. But uh, are you worried about the Buccaneers at all, James, or did that fourth quarter give you enough hope uh, for the postseason hopes of this team trying to repeat? 
No, I mean, the team they were playing against, the Carolina Panthers, had been a complete wreck. They've lost. They were now it's seven straight, and it's the core, It's it was the quarterback. They just couldn't, whether it was Darnold or Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, whomever, just couldn't get any passing game going for the second half of this season. They hadn't had a quarterback throw for over 200 yards since week six until today. Darnold was able to get 219 yards, but he had to do it on 42 attempts. Just the, not a good football team offensively for the Panthers. I think what concerns me for the the Buccaneers is just all these injuries, both sides, a number of key players defensively. Defensively, you think about the linebacker position and, and where they're going to be at with a number, with Levante David, and, and they've just got so many injuries in that secondary, a lot of injuries there for that team on both sides with the skill position, wide receiver set, both their top running backs did not play. They've been hurt for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think that's probably my biggest concern is where is this team physically come next week? Do you think the Eagles have a good chance to catch him in the first round? Yeah, I, I think the, the strength of the Eagles is rushing the football when they're healthy and they get all their running backs back. And we'll see they even ran it well today, week. without or uh, Saturday, rather. Right, and that's the strength of that team, but the strength of the Tampa Bay defense is the stopping the run, especially that front four on that interior, Vita Veas and Dominican Sue, the linebackers, if they're back, how fast they go sideline to sideline, stopping the run. I think that's where the matchup is not very favorable for Philadelphia because they want to run the football and they've done it very well the second half of the season, but you're going to be going right into the strength of that defense for the Tampa Bay Bucks. You can get that secondary. That's where you can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't know if Jalen Hurts and those receivers can really take advantage of the Bucks on their, on their back end. The Chargers trying to put up a nice stand here. The Las Vegas Raiders facing third and six from about the 12-yard line of Los Angeles, and Derek Carr will throw that one out of the end zone incomplete. No flags on the play. Trying to hit Darren Waller there, his big tight end, who's back in the lineup tonight for the first time, and he's looked a little bit rusty. I think he's dropped a couple of balls. He hasn't quite looked like uh, the Darren Waller we know and love here in Las Vegas, but Daniel Carlson will come on, and the Raiders will try to extend this to a six-point advantage, going up 20-14 to 14 on the Chargers. Justin Herbert and company go back on offense here after the kickoff, and that field goal is good. 20-14, to 14, Raiders lead with eight minutes left in the third quarter. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Los Angeles Chargers, James, are back on offense. No real damage there by Brandon Staley going for it on fourth down deep in his own territory. They did not make it. The Raiders take over on offense, and the Chargers' defense holds up. They have to settle for a field goal, so it's still just a one-score game. But now the Chargers' offense stalls, and we're at 20-14 to 14 in favor of Las Vegas. 
and the Chargers are in punt formation. Uh, the online, or excuse me, the live market has not changed with all of this going on here as well. As we sit at about the seven-minute mark in the third quarter, the Las Vegas Raiders still a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market, and the total has now come off the board, but I imagine it's crashed a little bit as well with these teams kind of stalling here in the second half, and that second half under a, a fictional bet, if you will, that we talked about looking pretty good right now. Well, and thinking about these defenses making some adjustments, Raiders getting some pressure on, getting some pressure in that backfield against Justin Herbert, another sack, and it was Max Crosby that came in and buried he right on his shoulder. Justin Herbert kind of, you know, he was feeling that one. He was feeling that pressure. He got hammered pretty good by Crosby here. He'll be back in the game, I suspect. But, I mean, now, you know, thinking about – thinking about this Chargers team and you're going for it in the third early in the third quarter from inside your own 20 and I think for Brandon Staley I don't know does that mean that you have confidence in your offense to pick up a yard or more confidence in your defense to get a stop because really is the defense that bailed him out holding the Raiders to three points on that but now we're not seeing any offense out of this out of this charge they haven't been able to to get anything these last two drives not only turning the ball over on downs but now going a quick three and out here against the Raiders and pressure coming in against Justin Herbert making some adjustments with the pass rush getting two early sacks in this second half for Las Vegas. All the momentum right now, even though it's, a, I feel like the Raiders have left some points out there, they've been fortunate to have the points that they have right now because of the, think about the, the fumbled punt and the pass interference in the end zone, which really a ball that was Derek Carr was throwing away. And then the fact that they only put up three points on that last drive there inside the 20, starting with great field position. Some points left out there on the field right now in the passing game for Las Vegas. Derek Carr, not too efficient at this point, just 9 of 20, throwing the football for just 107 yards. And they'll have a long way to go, backed up deep in their own territory here. An unnecessary roughness penalty on the Raiders on that punt return will back them up as they take the ball here again, less than, less than seven minutes to go in the third quarter with a six-point lead over the Chargers, 20-14. to 14. And now the live total is back up. It's down to 51.5. So getting ever closer to where that original line closed prior to kickoff at 49.5. The New Orleans Saints took some late money this morning, J- uh, James, uh, in their matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. It was really all week long that we saw the Falcons money come in and this line was just ticking down, tick, 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 got all the way down to about three or three and a half. But then on Sunday morning, it came back the other way and the Saints closed as four and a half point favorites, basically where they opened up at the beginning of the week, your total closed at 40. And it was back and forth really for these teams early in the first half, but the Saints were scoring touchdowns and the Falcons were uh, only kicking field goals. And then Taysom Hill, Hill went out with an injured foot for the New Orleans Saints, and Trevor Simeon came in. He threw a couple of touchdown passes, and this was 24 to 6 late in the third quarter, and this was all Saints in this game. It was pretty much all Saints all day long, and then we talked about it. Uh, my teaser leg comes through with the Atlanta Falcons teased to 10 and a half because they get a garbage backdoor touchdown there in the end. 30 to 20, your final. Game goes over the total, but with the San Francisco victory, the Saints uh, are headed for the offseason. 
Yeah, tough situation for the Saints injury-wise. Offensively, quarterback all season long with Jameis Winston being gone early. Dealing with Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon. You had Ian Book having to step in a couple weeks ago because of the COVID situation that went through that locker room in New Orleans. Uh, But today was all about Alvin Kamara offensively. 30 carries, 146 yards, just dominated on the ground. And then Simeon being able to come in, step in, and find a passing game and Played, but you know, didn't have big yardage totals, but he did have two touchdown passes. But I think it was just the the balance that we saw out of New Orleans, the commitment to rushing the football with Alvin Kamara. Uh, you didn't, you, they, they they had to, you know, there was so much on the line for them to be able to win. They needed help with San Francisco, and maybe they were scoreboard watching because. The, you saw that game at halftime, 17-3 to in favor of the Rams. You saw a great effort out of the Saints. I suspected we would. Divisional game for sure, and maybe a little payback from an early season loss, late-minute loss to Atlanta in New Orleans earlier this year. And, and they're just clearly defensively, that pass rush is very formidable for the New Orleans Saints, and they were able to get in, in Matt Ryan's face, actually got an interception, three sacks, put a lot of pressure uh, on the quarterback today, and not much to say for Atlanta rushing the football, just 62 yards rushing today. Not much of an effort from the Atlanta Falcons on that side, but unfortunately for the Saints, San Francisco was able to come back and win that game in overtime, and like you said, knocked out the Saints for the season. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a bad beat if you're the Saints there. The Niners winning that one in overtime, trailing 17-3 to at the half. I thought that field goal, we'll talk about the Niners game in a minute here before we wrap up the show. But I thought that field goal that they got before the half was really big because they were getting the ball to start the second half as well. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they had a chance to win the NFC West division. They needed a win at home over the Seahawks, coupled with a Los Angeles Rams loss to the 49ers. Well, they got half of that, but uh, they couldn't close out the Seahawks today. They closed as five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Seattle Seahawks saw some money. They almost got some of mine, too. I, we talked about it on the preview show, James. I thought six-and-a-half was a little too high, and it turns out it was. Uh, Seattle betters were happy as the Seahawks broke out to a 14-10 to lead with eight minutes left in the second quarter. And then Russell Wilson threw an interception in the third quarter, and it led to back-to-back touchdowns for the Arizona Cardinals, and they were up 24-17 through the third quarter. But then Wilson redeemed himself. He had a rushing touchdown, and this was 31-24 to in favor of the Seahawks with about 11 minutes left to go in this game. They ended up outscoring the Cardinals 14 to 6 in the final frame and 38 to 30 is your final. The Seahawks get the win outright as an underdog and Arizona again just continues to struggle all season long on their home field. Yeah, weird. It's been a weird yeah, right. They're what 3 and 5 I think overall at home and they'll be maybe they, like you to your point they'll be glad to be on the road for their playoff game next week against the LA Rams but this this Arizona team, I think it's it's all really it feels like everything just falls on the shoulders of Kyler Murray, and when they can protect and he has a good game, that's when this team is there. To me, they're front runners. When they're ahead, they're they're feeling good about themselves. But you see Kyler Murray and a lot of bad body language, complaining to the officials a lot. I mean, he got tagged today. They got great pressure, and Seattle doesn't have a formidable pass rush, but man, they got off to Kyler Murray today. He was sacked five times in some deep sacks where he's running around trying to make plays. Five sacks for a loss of 53 yards. That tells you he's dropping deep and trying to scramble around and make something happen here, but 
I, I think for this Arizona offense, it, it's just a lot of pressure to put on Kyler Murray when they're not able to run the ball with any consistency. We know they've been beat up and banged up at the running back position. Con- Connor did come back, but he's been dealing with a number of issues over the last month. He is clearly not himself rushing the football. And when it all falls onto Kyler Murray's sh- shoulders to have to shoulder the load, in a sense, offensively, because this defense wasn't able to get off the field, I think that's the biggest concern here for Arizona. They got ran on. Rashad Penny, another Rashad Penny. Penny siding. He had 190 yards rushing. He had a huge day last week against Detroit. Unfortunately, Seattle season is over, but some concerns for this Arizona side, both sides of the football right now, their rush defense, as well as being able to protect Kyler Murray in the pocket. Yeah, Rashad Penny, two huge weeks in a row, and you probably remember watching him at San Diego State. Running back university, it seems, San Diego State. They have always got a good runner in that backfield, and a lot of people criticize that draft choice by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, And and it seems like uh, Rashad Penny's been injured quite a bit, but certainly a great couple of last weeks, and you're right. Uh, you know, no Bobby Wagner in this game for the Seattle Seahawks and a lot of injuries on the Seattle side. That's really, I think, what kept you and I both off of this game, uh, even though we felt the line was a little bit high. But Arizona, they go put that effort up against the Dallas Cowboys and really do a great job on defense in that game. And then they surrender 38 to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I mean, what are they going to do to a Los Angeles Rams offense that's one of the best in football? I guess the the only thing with the Rams is they don't run the football. It's it's a completely one-sided offense. It's a one-dimensional team sitting in the shotgun with Matthew Stafford slinging the football around. No no rushing offense, and we've seen Arizona give up some big games. Huge game today like we talked about with Penny. But uh, how does that match up? Because that is not something that the Rams are going to do in this game against Arizona, so maybe not such a big concern in that game next week. The Raiders trying to put more points on the board. They're about the 25 five-yard line of the Chargers. 20-14, to 14, they lead about two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. We'll be right back with more on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting season ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th. 
for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. James Salinas and Brady Cannon wrapping up the Pro Football Blitz. Next up, it is the opening line show with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans. They'll take you for the next couple of hours and get you ready for NFL playoff wild card weekend. And James, the Las Vegas Raiders knocking on the door here with a first and goal situation. 20-14, to 14, they are leading the Chargers as the third quarter comes to a close. We're headed for the final frame at Allegiant Stadium. And, you know, there's a lot of Raider fans out there that think the NFL has it out for this team. Uh, but I tell you, maybe they're giving back tonight because uh, they just called a holding call on the Chargers. The Chargers had forced a fourth and goal situation. Their defense had held up, and maybe Carlson was going to trot out for another field goal. They called holding, and that pass interference call we talked about early in the game, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't like to complain about refs a lot, but... Boy, those are a couple bad ones right there. Yeah, and I don't either. I, I, I think if I had the charges right now, I'd be livid. Do you oh. think that that last call, Nuwasu, it, it was really like a chip. It was it, on the tight end. He's just chipping and then going out and releasing out into the flat for a for his pass for his route. And Nuwasu is just trying to throw him off. He's getting chipped. He's like, I'm getting you out of my way. I'm grabbing you and tossing you, throwing off that block so I can get after the quarterback. And they called that a hold. It had nothing to do with the play whatsoever. Yeah, very fortunate situation right now for the Raiders. Yeah, maybe they are giving back of all the years and years of maybe a little bias against the Raiders when it comes to throwing the flag from officials. And I don't like to complain about officiating either, but it is something that factors in. We know that we know it has to factor in. It, it does influence these games. Definitely have an influence right now in this matchup. I think the biggest thing now with the Raiders, can they take advantage of it? Can they actually put this in the end zone uh, as opposed to holding up and just settling for three points because they've left some other plays and some points out there on the field. This is going to be a key finish for them. Can they put seven on the board in this matchup? Because you're going to give a lot of life to the Chargers if you cannot get this ball in the end zone. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Either way, it's going to be a two-possession game if they kick a field goal or get a touchdown. But uh, it would be a big win for the Chargers if they can escape this trailing just by nine points. Currently second and goal uh, start of the fourth quarter here and the Raiders are up 20 to 14. Uh, Derek Carr behind center from about the four yard line, and Marcus Mariota actually in the game, and he gets tripped up at about the three yard line. So now third and goal. The Chargers will try and hold once again. Jimmy Garoppolo got the start at quarterback for the 49ers. James, you and I kind of felt he would, and uh, what a big game it was for Jimmy G as they took on the Los Angeles Rams down at SoFi Stadium. The Niners closed as three-point underdogs. They really kind of got the money all week long. They opened up very quickly as six-point favorites, and then all of a sudden it was down to four-and-a-half or so, and then by kickoff they were just three-point underdogs, 46-and-a-half for your total Matthew Stafford connected with Tyler Higby twice in the first half, and before you knew it, it was 17 to nothing. The Rams were out in front. Jimmy Garoppolo also had an interception, and the Niners, uh, they were in the they were behind the eight ball early here, but they came out with about a minute and a half left. 
uh, in the first half and engineered a drive to get a field goal. And I thought that was a big deal because they were able to double dip. They got the ball to start the second half and they went on a great drive. And next thing you know, this was a 17 to 10 ball game. They then got a Debo Samuel passing touchdown. They went down on this drive. I think they ran the ball 10 straight times on this drive. And then a little bit of trickeration with Debo throwing the touchdown pass. We had a 17-17 ball game, and then with about two minutes to go, Matthew Stafford finds Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone, and the Rams go back on top by seven points, 24-17. The Niners are then left with a minute and a half and no timeouts, and they go down and tie the ball game, and we were headed for overtime. This was an absolute thriller in the second half, and then we know what happens in the second half. The 49ers get the uh, they win the coin toss. They get the ball first. They're forced into a field goal attempt, and then Matthew Stafford tries to go deep with about two minutes left in overtime, tries to hit Odell Beckham Jr. and throws an interception. Niners win, and they are in, and the NFC West goes to the Los Angeles Rams with the Arizona Cardinals loss. It's so many different things to unpack in this game. Think of the first half. It was a tale of two games within the, within the 60 minutes. Well, let's just call it almost 70 minutes with the overtime. You know, San Francisco falling behind early with the long drive from the Rams. And San Francisco just really didn't get themselves in any kind of offensive rhythm in that first half because the the Rams were able to dominate play, dominate time of possession. You mentioned having that 17 to nothing lead. Interesting play call to kind of close out the last drive for the Rams where they try to throw the football out of shotgun, I think, and stop the clock. You give the ball back to the Niners. They kick three, get a little momentum, and then come back out, like you said, double dip and, and pound the football, get back to the identity of of who they were, they didn't panic, and I think that's what's key here for the 49ers. Even though they're down two touchdowns going into the halftime, they come out and get back to their, what they do best, and it's running the football, whether it was Elijah Mitchell or Debo Samuel had a good game rushing the football, and that opened up that play fake for him to be able to throw the football out of that option, too. It just a different game from the 49ers getting back to their running game with no panic. I think that spells well for knowing who they are and and playing to your strengths. And I think the other strength for the 49ers was that pass rush. Man, they got after they got after Matthew Stafford. And again, no rushing game whatsoever from Los Angeles. They tried. Sony Michelle had 21 attempts, but he gained 43 yards on those 21 attempts. Just It's not a physical offensive line. They're constantly on their heels in pass block mode and didn't do a good job of that. Not only did Stafford get sacked five times today, he got hit uh, – 13 other times. He got tagged. He got. I think he uh, tweaked his ankle at some point in that fourth quarter, too, so he got banged around pretty good, and I think we've seen that with Stafford, that he gets a little shy out there. You saw his arm strength. It was short on that last play where it was intercepted. He threw that ball way short. I think Stafford's beat up and banged up. A lot of that is attributed to not only the the lack of physicality for that offensive line, but also the fact that they just can't run the football and teams have no respect for the Rams' rushing game. It's we're going to get after Stafford. Yeah, you want to run a draw or you want to run it here and there? Go ahead. We're not worried about your rush. We are going to come balls to the wall getting after your quarterback, and they did that to Stafford in particular in that second half, and they buried him. And the Los Angeles Rams will have uh, part three of the series with the Arizona Cardinals. They have split games so far, each having one on the other team's home turf. The Arizona went into SoFi early in this season and shocked the Rams, and then the Rams returned the favor in Glendale. And, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury-led Arizona Cardinals, they're going to have to look at that San Francisco game, I imagine, and try and really run the ball with James Conner if they want to advance in the playoffs 
Um, I think the 49er-Cowboy game is a heck of a matchup, James. I think it's the best matchup out there. And I love teams that can run the football at this time of the year because it, it, it's it's not so much time of possession and play. I think it's just the, the psychological nature of a team that is willing to line up and just keep punching and punching and punching on you. And are you willing to take those punches? And can you punch back? And we'll find out from the Cowboys. I know there's a lot. It's a very talented Cowboys team, both sides of the football. But a lot of expectations now thinking about where this Cowboy team goes forward. And I think we've seen with Dak Prescott, Scott, when he does get pressure, and he will find some pressure from the San Francisco front, how's he going to handle that pressure there? I know the, the secondary for the 49ers, that's the weakness on that defense for sure, and there's plenty of opportunities for the Dallas Cowboys with the talent they have at the wideout position to be able to take advantage of that secondary for San Francisco, but that's going to detail some time for Dak Prescott. I'd love to see how that pressure could get home today against Matthew Stafford. Can San Francisco do the same thing defensively against, against this Dallas Cowboys front? I think that they can. The other piece is, I want to see how that Dallas Cowboys defensive front who can rush the passer they're very they're healthy now Parsons will probably be back next week get off the COVID protocol hopefully he's healthy and good to go we want to see both these teams at full strength the key for me here is not only that rushing game for San Francisco and limit the the touches and the opportunities that you need Garoppolo to have to make throws but we got to see the status of Trent Williams they were able to get through it today without Trent Williams at the left tackle he's big nasty for that team he they're going to need him to be available he's got a sprained elbow did not play today they're going to need him if they want to go on the road and win at Dallas I would think he'll be okay I mean it does doesn't sound like too serious of an injury there for Williams. Obviously enough to keep him out of the game today. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know if they can win without him. They certainly did today. But I think Dallas will be a tougher test. And the Raiders intercept Justin Herbert. And they now lead 26-14. to 14, And they'll get the ball back on offense with about 12 and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Looks like the Raiders might be headed to the postseason. We are headed out of here. Thank you very much, James. Thank you to our technical crew. Thank you to our producer, Dan Miller. Next up, it is the opening line show. Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans get you ready for NFL Playoffs 2021. Stick here with us. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.